Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Christ is in us. It is God's hope of glory. And it's through us and in us that God does his greatest work in the earth today. That is his plan. We are the best he has. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Look around. What was God thinking? <laughs> what was God thinking to trust the kingdom to us? You know, all across America, tonight, people just like us, no better than us, no worse, just like us, are worshiping God in church, and we are the best that he has. Amazing. It always amazed me whenever Jesus went to went to, uh, uh, you know, back to the upper room after he had been resurrected and he couldn't get any of, any of the disciples to believe it. I mean, he, he appeared to a couple of guys. He appeared to the women. He, he finally walked in and said, man, he upbraided them, the Bible says. He upbraided them. That means he got on to him. He rebuked them because they did not believe. They were the best he had. Man. So I don't feel, you know, too bad. The best he's got. We are the best he has. Open up your Bibles tonight, if you would, to the book of James. We'll be going to the last chapter. We're in the last two verses of the book of James tonight, chapter 5. You can uh, look along with me uh, on, the, on the overhead uh, if you don't have your phone or your iPad or your Bible or whatever else that you carry the Word of God in today. Let me encourage you again this week to do your Bible reading. You know, we are reading through the Bible together this year. And if you don't have a better plan, a different plan, then let me just encourage you to go to cotr.com. See the church on the rock, cotr.com. And right there in your face will be a place that you can click, says daily Bible reading. And you don't even have to read it. You can click on it. It'll read it to you, okay? You could do this on your phone. You could set it up every day and whatever and just listen to it on your way to work or on your way to school or you're busy about your day or in your morning time. Uh, you know, what I often do is I, I will uh, click on something when I have a little extra time and I'll, I'll click on it and let it read and I'll just read along with it because sometimes I'm in some books that I can't pronounce all that stuff. You ever get one of those places? I do. And then uh, I'll, I'll listen to it in a different translation. I'll go back through it. Uh, this year, uh, I have a, a, a personal goal this year in reading through the Bible of doing it a little bit different than I've done it in past years. I try to mix it up a little bit so, you know, it won't get old and cold. And this year I'm reading one book of the Bible every week. And some weeks I have to read two. I'm a little bit ahead of, of, of I've, I've read more than one per week for this year. And uh, I know I'm, I'm right smack dab in the middle of Deuteronomy right now. And I'm just loving it. And uh, I've jumped around all over. I've already finished the book of Psalms. My goodness, you know, uh, yeah, I got that. It took me two weeks to get the book of Psalms. Uh, so I went ahead and read the book of Jude as well, right there in the middle. So I could say I kept up with my one per week. You know, and, uh, um, I'm kind of one of those guys. I'm a little bit, you know, uh, focused and obsessive is a good word, I think. <laughs> and, uh, but it works for me. Don't wake me up. All right. Have you found uh, James? Uh, you know, tonight we're going to be uh, talking just for a few minutes about the hybrid Christian life. What in the world is the hybrid Christian life? Well, the word hybrid means uh, um, a mixture. It means to be mixed with or blended, to be a blended character or fashioned uh, 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 from two different ideals 
or ideas uh, into one solution. You know, there are hybrid cars. Y'all have seen them. They have electric and gasoline motors. So there are two different theories that are working together to make this one hybrid car. It's a mixture of two different uh, uh, types of, of, of engines. Uh, there are hybrid plants. You know, uh, we, we are often eating things that have been, you know, um, engineered as hybrid plants. There are hybrid animals. Um, you know, a mule is a hybrid animal. Did you know that? It is. It's a mixture of a horse and a donkey. It's a mule. It's hybrid. It cannot reproduce in and of itself. Mules can't have mules. Mules can't have anything. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you knew that or not, but only, uh, you know, it, it takes a horse and a donkey to have a mule. Isn't that interesting? And so, uh, you know, there are hybrid gods, there are mixtures of two gods. There's a, there's a, you know, a group of people in the world that, that, that call themselves, you know, followers of Chrislam. Christ, Christianity, and Islam. There are a lot of hybrid gods. Uh, there, there are, uh, you know, even hybrid churches filled with hybrid Christians. A mixture of two or three different theories of gods. You know, two different thoughts of God's. Well, we stray from the truth when we imagine that there are many truths. And when we believe that the truth is subjective or that the truth uh, can be mixed in such a way to validate what we feel or to validate our experiences or to validate what we want, then, uh, you know... Uh, our choices become the choices of a hybrid God, of a God that's been mixed. His character has been mixed with another God. Nothing actually could be farther from the truth. That's a pun, by the way, okay? When you stray from the truth, when you mix the truth, when, when you mix the truth to validate your experience, uh, nothing could be farther from the truth. The truth is not Sub subject to your experiences. With that thought in mind, let's just go ahead and look at the, at the book of James, the last two verses, James the fifth chapter. And tonight uh, we are continuing on, on a God journey through the whole book of James. James is just pleading with people that are reading his, his letter. That's us tonight. He's pleading with them just to live a life that, 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 that is uh, full of faith and full of the practicalities of our Christian heritage, that we should live our faith. We shouldn't just say we have faith, but people should see us living that faith, that we should be workers uh, together with God, that we need to, you know, watch, uh, uh, watch ourselves um, in, uh, you know, uh, let no one say when he is tempted that he's tempted of God. Don't, don't, don't mix your gods up here. God's not trying to hurt you. Okay, God's not trying to kill you. God's not putting stuff on you. That's a, that's a different God, okay? Uh, that's not our God. Don't be mixing your gods up. He said, let no one say when he's tempted, he's tempted of the Lord. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted any man with evil. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust conceives, it brings forth sin. There is still sin. Don't think you can serve a God and mix it up so that there's no hell or no sin. That's, not, that, that's a hybrid God. It's a hybrid church that says there is no hell. It's a hybrid church that says there are no consequences. You know, and it's hybrid Christianity. It's a mixed up Christianity that says that we are not responsible for our actions and that, and that we don't, uh, uh, you know, uh, that, and, and that we don't impact others and affect others by what we do, what we say, what we believe. 
So tonight, uh, James is concluding his letter, and he says in verse 19, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, and someone turns him back, wanders from the truth. Can, can you get that in your head just a moment? Wandering, wandering from the truth. I know, wandering, I know, I, I kind of get this picture of somebody that's just kind of like, you know, it's just, just, just wandering, I mean, just, just aimless. They aren't headed toward any one thing. They're just kind of wandering. They're just kind of, you know, wandering around, uh, carousing around, going from here to there. You know, you know uh, one of the things that, that my, my parents didn't, didn't like me doing was leaving the house in my car, going somewhere, and I couldn't tell them where I was going. I'm just riding around. Well, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Now that, 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 that doesn't work. And, and the Bible talks about carousing around. Just, just carousing around is a work of the flesh. And wandering around in truth. Wandering from truth to truth, aspect to aspect. And, and, if, and if any, brethren, if anyone among you, if any one of you believers wanders from the truth and someone turns you back. Hey, what a good deal, huh? Let him know, let the person who knows that he who turns a sinner. You realize this, if somebody turns a sinner from the error of his way, you know, they will be saving a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Wander from the truth. You know, these people that James is talking about, the, these are people who know the truth, but they're not following the truth. The truth is not their goal. The truth is not their focus. The truth is not where they're headed. It's not their destination. They are just kind of going in that general direction. They're kind of walking along with people who are in the truth, but they're kind of wandering around, you know, in, 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 in that adventure, in that journey. And, you know, uh, what is the truth? I mean, what is the truth? If anybody wonders from the truth, the truth, what is the truth? Jesus is the truth, okay? Jesus is the truth, and, 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 and if you wander around and, and wonder, wonder and wander, uh, you'll, you'll end up, if you're not watchful, in sin, in error. Jesus is the truth. His will is the truth. His word is the truth, and his way is the truth. It's the focus and the aim of our life. Almighty Jehovah, the God of creation, is not afraid of you or me worshiping a false god. He's not afraid of us worshiping or serving a different god. He is more concerned about you and me. He's more concerned about us thinking that we are, uh, that we think we're serving him when we're not. He's not afraid of you worshiping another God. He's more concerned about you thinking that the God of your own making is him. I'll, I have scriptures that we're going to read so you can see what I'm talking about. I'm trying to pre-explain them before we get there so that you'll know, uh, you know what you're looking for when you get there. You know, uh, 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 one person wandering from the truth, it is proven that one person can influence others to think the same thing, to wonder the same thing. We can influence other people to stray from the truth and to wonder. Fashioning a false God is right at the very top of that list of the 10 biggie don'ts. Okay, I read it today. Okay, 
The, ten, the, 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 the top 10 list with God, number two is don't go making other gods. Okay? Don't go looking anywhere else for a God. Don't be making other gods. The reason God addresses this matter is because it has always been in the nature of man to serve a God that I understand, a God I agree with, a God that understands me, and a God that agrees with me. That's the kind of God we want, okay? That is in the nature of man. It's in our nature. I mean, my goodness, we want to be married to somebody like that. Much more, we want a God like that. We want children like that. Somebody that understands me and agrees with me, and I understand them, and I agree with them. That's the kind of God I want. And if we're not watchful, we can. It's in our nature to fashion a God that understands us and agrees with us, and agrees with our choices, and understands why we made them, and allows us, therefore, to live in them. And he agrees with us. You see, the God of our own making will excuse our sin while condemning the sin of our uh, enemies. <laughs> the God of our own making will excuse our sin because he understands our heart and what we intend. So the God of our making will, will, will excuse our sin while at the same time condemning those who sin against us. <laughs> oh, this is good stuff. You just can't make this stuff up. I had to read this in the Bible. The God of our own making will always be on our side and always be against the other side. The God of the Bible takes sides. Do you know on D-Day, on the beaches of Normandy, all the Allied forces, they were in those little landing crafts coming toward the beach. There's a man who goes to church. He's normally here on Wednesday night. He made five landings. He drove a landing craft, Mr. Perry, and he made five landings that day. Do you know that inside those landing crafts, people were praying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Earth as it is in heaven, give us today our daily bread. Do you know, I mean, I have seen the documentaries of men praying that on their knees, seeking God, and yet seen the documentaries of those Germans up there on those hills in those machine gun bunkers, praying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. Both sides praying the same prayers. You see, God has people on, on almost every side of every situation. But the God of our own making only has one side, our side. <laughs> the God of our making is on our side. No matter what argument we're in, the God of our own making understands that we meant the best. And it may not have come off like we meant, but we meant well, so that's good enough. Okay? The God of our own making will bless what we are doing and he will tell us that we are right. Do you know how many times uh, people say, you know, well, you know, well I know I'm, 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 I'm serving God and, and therefore I'm right. I'm right. I'm, I'm right with God. Okay. You know, uh, maybe. But if somewhere God doesn't tell you you need to change, you, you might have just made that God up. You know, the God of our own making will confirm our suspicions. <laughs> oh, come on now. This is good stuff. The God of our making will confirm our suspicions. We will pray and ask him to confirm something. And wouldn't you know it? Boom, it happens. And we're going, oh, God showed me that. <laughs> yeah. 
the God of our making will hate our enemies. The God of our own making will agree with our conclusions. The God of our own, of our own making will champion our causes. Those are the kinds of gods that people make, embrace, believe in, hope in, pray to, and follow. But that's not a God, that's a puppet. You got your hand in a sock somewhere going, thus saith the Lord, you are right. I'm going to bless everything you're doing and I hate your enemies and they're wrong. And after all, you know, I know what you mean. And, you know, I'm with you. I'm on your side. You know, can you believe it? Well, you, know, I know, well, you meant well. And so it's okay. Late in his life, the apostle Paul wrote to Timothy and warned him concerning the wanderings and the wandering nature of man in these last days. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, as Paul is about to leave planet earth, and be martyred, he begins in verse 1 of that chapter by writing to Timothy and he says, But know this, Timothy, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves. No way. That, certainly that won't happen. They will be lovers of money? Huh? No way. You know, we're talking about here good Bible-believing Christians. Remember, James has been a pastor of the church in Jerusalem for 30 years. Pastor James was writing to us, and he said, Listen, brethren, if any of you wander from the truth and someone help you straighten out and see that, 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 that you're not following the truth, you've wandered from the truth, from the will, the way, the word of God. Not that, you know, you're, you're, you're evil and wicked, but that, but, but, but that you're just missing a few things. He says here that, that, that in, in, in the last days, you know, men will be boasters and proud and blasphemers, disobedient to parents, uh, you know, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, uh, haughty, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. He says, you know, those, the, the, those folks, you know, listen, you know, I mean, now the Bible is written to us. We need to understand that, as we said earlier, that God is not afraid of us worshiping and serving a different God just so long as you understand it's not Him. 1 Kings, the 18th chapter the prophet Elijah brought all the children of Israel that, that could come up to Mount Carmel. King Ahab was there, and they were going to show who, who was the Lord. You know, it had not been raining for, for you know, and, and there was a drought. It was horrible. And, and, and this is what Elijah said in verse 21 of 1 Kings 18. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter? How long will you halt? How long will you hesitate? How long will you waver between two opinions? This is, this is a prophet speaking for God. If the Lord is God, follow him. And if Baal is God, follow him. God's not afraid of you following another God that is a God. If you want to follow, follow him. But you need to realize if you're following Baal that you're following Baal. 
You need to realize if you're following your own opinions that you're following your own opinions. It can be dangerous to be so deceived, to believe that you're out there doing something that God does not agree with, but you've, you, you, you fashioned a God to validate your choices. Your choice to be unforgiving, unloving, uncaring, to be rude, unseemly. To, you know, uh, th these, are, these are things you know, that, 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 that are still you know, in the Christians, within the Christian realm of responsibility. We run a danger. Every generation runs a danger in that first-generation believers, a first-generation believer is a person who was in sin, they got born again, and man, they just love Jesus, and he delivered them, and, and they, they get in, and these are the fundamental Christians. You know, not fundamental in the sense of being rude or, you know, but, but fundamental in the sense of being basic. They have separated themselves from the world. They were saved from sin. They were saved from, oh my goodness, I am born again. And they are serious. They are fundamentally serious about them, the, the, you know, their relationship with Jesus Christ. They want to do things right. They have standards in life. They separate themselves from this world because they were born again out of sin. A first generation Christian is that on fire Christian. They, 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 you know, they build churches. They strengthen mission works. They give their life. That's like a first generation American. You know, we pledge our, our, our fortunes. We pledge our, you know, our lives and our sacred honors. People who will die for America. Boy, you got to have a first generation experience if you're going to be a patriot a first generation experience that born again out of sin a second generation experience are the kids of those people that had a first generation experience they just kind of got they just kind of you know were just born they they you know i was raised in a christian home i'm just kind of you know i mean it is here yeah uh, you know that's a Solomon. David, David went up and took the city. David fought, you know, tooth and nail with swords and spears and, and he went hungry and he went homeless and, he, and for years he was hunted like a dog. But here comes along Solomon that was raised in the city of David and Solomon, you know, never had any war. Solomon just kind of, you know, you know, Woo, things are going good. He was rich, man. He was, oh my goodness, he had, you know, 900 women that he could, you know, choose from every night. He had it going. Didn't cost him anything. His daddy paid for it. Sometimes church don't cost a generation. The, other, the first generation paid for it. Second generation experience can be less than enthusiastic. Is it making any sense? Third generation Christians. The Christians that don't have a first generation experience and end up raising second-generation Christians, if you're not watchful, the third-generation Christians will end up like Jeroboam. <laughs> he didn't know the first thing about it and lost the kingdom. Didn't cost him anything, and it wasn't worth anything to him, and so he just went and made some stupid decisions, and blah, 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 blah. And the next fourth generation, they were lost as a goose. I wasn't going to give this scripture, but that's exactly what Judges, the, sec the, 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 the second chapter, verses 8, 9, 10, and 11 say. That, that, that Joshua, 
As long as Joshua was alive, my goodness, the people followed God. And when Joshua died and then the elders died, there arose a generation that did not know their God. And the next generation, the fourth generation, were lost as a goose. Did evil and wicked in the sight of the Lord. We all need a first generation experience. We all need a fundamental experience. And God can do it to every person. You don't have to have been you know, deep in sin. You don't have to be lost to have a genuine experience with Christ that more than, just, more than an inherited experience. You know, oftentimes a third generation Christian needs to be saved. They're lost. They're liberal and lost as a goose. They were raised with, with, with so much Jesus around. It's always been here. And it's just, you know, and, uh, you know, and there's no personal conviction of sin. There's nothing that says to them, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord of hosts. But rather they're more like trying to look like the world because they want to be relevant. With what? Those who wander from the truth. Those are the Christians who come to church on Sunday if they sober up from Saturday night. Hello. Boy, we need some good first generation Christians. And every, it, it, it's not talking about was your mom and daddy saved. It's not talking about was, was, was you know, uh, listen, all throughout the history of Israel, continued, people continued to have a genuine personal experience with the Holy Spirit, Almighty God speaking to them, and that can happen to every generation. We need the church birthed in every generation, a conviction of sin. We need to understand that, that, that the gods that we fashion are not gods of God's pleasure, but they're gods of our pleasure. Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, that word Lord is Jehovah. If Jehovah is God, then my goodness, why don't you serve him? If Baal is God, then get over there in Baal's camp and serve him. I would. But the people did not answer Elijah at all. That, you know, they were, you know, either second or third generation not real quick. Oh, I'm not sure. If I say Jehovah's God, I'm going to have to serve him. If I say that's sin, I'm going to have to quit it. Well, I don't want you to say it's sin. You know, you know, well, well it's, it's, it's all relative. Well, it's, it's, it's my truth. Well, that's liberalism right down into debauchery. Right down into fashioning a God that agrees with me, understands me, and he's for what I'm for. And, you know, well... Jehovah God, if Jehovah is God, Jehovah God is kind. I want to let you know. You know, this is the God that he, he's saying, you know, if Jehovah is God, serve him. Well, who is this Jehovah God? Well, you, you, you know, him, he's kind. If your God's not kind, it's probably because he's mixed. Okay? He's good. Jehovah is good. Read it all through the word of God. Jehovah God is a good God. He's merciful. Everything he's doing is merciful. He's loving. He's forgiving. He's patient. He's not rude. He, 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 you know, Jehovah is not out of control. If you happen to be serving an irrational God, can't keep his cool and is okay with you blowing up too, he understands you. He, and he agrees with you. 
That person need to be run off the road. Okay, you got a hybrid God. <laughs> you got a hybrid Christian experience going on here. Jehovah God is joyful. He is at peace. He's gentle. He's faithful. Jehovah God is almighty God and there is no other. And the good news is, listen, this is the good news. If this is not, well, this is God's good news. This is the gospel. The good news is, is that Jehovah God loves your enemies as much as he loves you. And Jehovah God expects you to do the same. Well, that's not the picture of the God that I'm serving at just this moment. Okay. Hybrid God, hybrid Christianity. Producing a liberal theology that allows you to love and hate at the same time. But my God says that if you don't love your brother who you can see, then, then, then you're a liar if you think you're loving God, not the real God. Let's not be hybrid Christians. You know, uh, if we turn, uh, you know, a sinner from the air of our ways, even if, if it's us that we're turning, you know, man, we'll save ourselves a whole lot of problems. Uh, Joshua 24, 15. You know, um, and if it seems good, Joshua said, if it seems evil, rather, if it seems evil to you to serve Jehovah, then choose for yourselves this day. Choose yourself another God. Okay? God's not afraid of us choosing to serve or to walk some of the... He's just really concerned about us thinking we're following him or telling other people that this is him. That, that, that he agrees with our choices. Or various lifestyles. He doesn't. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, Jehovah, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. You know, you can you know, serve a lot of gods. But as for me and my house, we are going to serve Jehovah. Okay. Amen.